Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast. We're recording this shortly after a 3-2 win at Anfield over Nottingham Forest. Diogo Jota scored twice to make it four in a week after scoring none for a year. And Mo grabbed the winner after we'd given away two terrible goals. Uh, not a great deal to get excited about, but the Blues are back in the bottom three, so fucking get in there. <laughs> uh, my name's Dave Usher, editor at liverpoolway.co.uk, and I'm joined for this by Paul Natton and John Gallagher. Uh, John, I know what you, you've made of the game because we've sat next to each other, so Paul, you can kick us off. Uh, overall thoughts? Uh, I mean, you know three points obviously that's good um, but it wasn't great was it? Um, it, it the first half certainly reminded me very much of Monday night in that they just had everyone behind the ball our tempo was pretty slow um, we just dominated the ball in fact I think I saw after the game we had like something like 86% possession in the first half I felt like it to be honest when you were watching um, they were just quite content to sit deep and we were just knocking it from side to side quite slowly there was no real tempo on the wall at all um yeah, so it was uh not not great really, not great entertainment. Um the, oh sorry, I'm just been distracted here by the Wrexham results. Wrexham have just won as a massive pitch invasion. Yeah, good for them. Please yeah, quite them. right. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean it was I don't know. It just felt it there was a little bit of, you know, end of termitis really, you know, it felt a little bit like there's not a lot to not a lot to play for. I mean, I saw Klopp after the game said he thought our counter pressing was even better than it was on Monday when he was really really pleased with it. And I have to be honest, I, I felt to me like he was just blowing a bit of smoke up the players' asses. Really, um, the, I mean, to, first things first. How do you counter press when you've got the ball all the time? Um, obviously, there was a bit more to it in the second half, um, and obviously, all five goals came in the second half. Um, but yeah, I did not not an awful lot to get excited about for me. Um, a couple of things to be a little bit worried about. The defending was a bit mad from us. Mm. Um, not 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 fantastic for either goal really. Um, but I mean, yeah, struggling to be honest, Dave. To give you more more of an opinion than that, you know, it's three points. I'm please please we've got the three points. Still think there's an outside chance we might get top four. So in that case, we need to keep winning. I know that doesn't help you when you want Everton down because it means we've got to beat the likes of Southampton on the last day. Yeah, um, and Leicester as well. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but yeah, just th- three three points, move on really. Um, yeah, not not a huge number of talking points in terms of the game itself. I'm sure there's some broader issues we could we could look at as we move on through the pod around Trent and what have you. But um, yeah. Just a just a kind of a nothing game really. Three points. Glad we got glad we got it and move on. Yeah, I mean, John, we were saying in the first half, weren't we? It was like it was obvious from about twenty minutes in. Our only threat was going to be from set pieces, and it was like that in the first game at their place. I mean, we we've got beat one nil. We should have won that like five one, and all of the goals should have come from set pieces because we didn't hardly create anything that day in open play. And I think we created absolutely nothing in open play today. I don't think we had one chance from open play. It was all set pieces. No, that sounds right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you're right. Yeah, it was a very peculiar game. As Paul said, that at that end of season aspect to it from our perspective, no tempo, no urgency. But as Paul touched on, Monday was similar because I remember saying in the WhatsApp chat on Monday night in the Leeds game that it felt like a 1-0 Leeds game when it was 0-0. 
in terms of you know we were just like going through the motions. Leeds had more shots, but but hardly any possession. Um, and today was not similar from Forest having more shots or anything like that. But you know all the chances that we had came from set pieces, as you say, and it was like you know without doing anything, we could have been three or four up at half time. It was just like very peculiar second half i mean if you, if you looked at that game seeing the result you'd think it was a blood and tons of game if you just actually seen the results you think wow three two forest coming from behind twice but it just wasn't that type of game at all it's just hardly any like quality to speak of um you know all go all, every goal that got scored was avoidable um so yeah it was uh, really <laughs> i don't know what to say about it i mean there's some aspects as paul said that Slightly concerning defensively. Um, you know, casual in the first half, taking the Virgil in one instance, uh, like a blind side square pass. Yeah. Um, you, you know, put us on the back foot, I think. And uh, but yeah, it's just a, uh, you know, I don't think anyone play play particularly well. Um, but obviously you'd look at it and think Jota. You know, that's a positive. You know, he's come back, score scoring goals. You know, he's scored the other night. Uh, scored two today. Um. You know, looking at a bigger picture, you know, he's looking sharper, which is good. You know, won the penalty against Arsenal, created the goal against Arsenal. So, you know, but other than that, it's nothing really, like, that positive to say because I don't think we played at all well. Um, and, you know, Forrest, they just lack, like, serious quality themselves. Um, you know, it's just nothing to be, um, you know, positive about apart from the points, really. Yeah, Forrest are awful. Like um, it's probably a toss up between them and Everton as to who's the worst team in the league. I think I know Southampton's bottom, but when you watch Southampton play, they don't look terrible. You know they they're not getting results, but I don't think if Southampton finish bottom this year, they will be by far the best team to ever finish bottom of the league because they're not that bad. No, Forest, they really are terrible. I mean that today it it was. It's hard to counter-press a team when you lose the ball and they don't try to do anything with it. They just immediately just hoof it up to, like, you know, the big Grock up front, who's, like... It's like Ashley Barnes has just overdosed on growth hormones. It, all all he was doing was just bouncing around like a fucking bowling ball, just, like, charging into people, trying to knock people over. And um, Michael Oliver was giving him free kicks. I'm like, what the fucking hell? You know, when you give him fouls for there? But that was all, like, they were doing was just getting rid of it straight away so you can't counter press and win the ball back against the team that's making absolutely no attempt to to do any passing at all uh forest away records like that it's so bad i mean i think they scored four or five goals away from home all season and they've managed two today like their fans are singing like how shit must you be we've scored two away and i'm just sat there nodding i'm going to john you know i do got a point there you know <laughs> because you can't be conceding two to forest i thought we'd beat them today by at least six i honestly did and not because i think we're back or anything like that but i just feel like we've been good at anfield these are so bad away from home we're coming off like the leeds result and maybe if we'd have scored early it might have been different but i don't think so i just think that performance that was we just didn't have it today at all um i don't know why i don't know what the problem was but we couldn't break them down. We were not getting in behind them. Everything was in front of them. So many times in the first half. I was saying to you, John, wasn't I? I said, I feel like we're watching the same move over and over mm. again here. It's like yeah. the ball had ends up going out to Robbo on the left. Curtis would make a run into space to try to give him an outlet. Jota would be like nowhere, just marked. 
and Robbo would have to go back to Fabinho or Van Dijk and then they'd shuffle it across and then it'd come back and like the process would be repeated again. And the only time we had any thrust and tried to get in the box was if Mo got it one-on-one and he tried to like, you know, he'd make a run into the box and try to play a one-two or something. But you're just running into heavy traffic and like we couldn't really, couldn't really get anything out of it. But so I don't know what the problem was, like why we can't break down these teams. But we're kind of back to, back to the bad old days when like a team would just get everyone behind the ball and we'd have no answer to it. You know, we'd struggle. Yeah, it's it's gone the, back the to of, that. The lack of the lack of tempo is, I think, definitely a factor in that because you've just got yeah. to pull them around. You've got to move them around and create spaces. It also needs a bit of movement from the forwards, and the forwards seem to be quite static, static really, in terms yeah. of the positions they're taking up. I mean, I think um, that's where we missed Sadio. Well as, did you? I think, you know the little yeah, link down the left did, and getting in behind. We missed that. Did you always think the pitch just looked a little bit dry? I mean, very unusual for us. I don't think they watered at half time either, very much either. I, I felt the ball was just sticking a little bit, which you don't really expect it. So maybe I'm just overthinking yeah, that. I never just... noticed it. Klopp would probably say something afterwards because he loves a comment on the pitch, doesn't he? If he's not happy with the pitch, he's, he's never slow yeah. to let us know. But yeah, I don't know. Well, there was just no, there was no zip on the passing at all, mm. and um, and and just players taking too many touches sometimes. I think Fabinho was definitely guilty of that today, just just slowing it down. I think sometimes players were taking too many touches because there weren't options for them. You know, they want you want them to take it and move it on almost instantly, yeah. one and two touch stuff. That but a couple of times with Yeah. And, and people moaning at him, and you're looking and, it, and you're thinking, well, what's fault. he supposed to I do? There's that. nothing there. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing there for him. The counter-attack, uh, and he was running up the left, and he stopped and he slowed it down, and uh, you know, there's like a bit of a groan goes around. But when you actually look at that, it was like the, the Jota made a run, but Jota was just like running alongside the defender. There was, there was nothing. He couldn't, he couldn't play a pass to anybody, so he had to try to slow it down. Um, but we just, as I say, we just didn't have it. I, I don't, I don't know why. Um, we played Monday night, so it's not like we had like a midweek game as such. So there was plenty of time to recover in that. So I don't think it was fatigue or anything like that, or legginess. But um, I do wonder if we need uh, we need Diaz and Darwin players who can beat a man. They've got a bit of. You yeah, know, got a bit of uh, sip yeah. them against yeah against teams like that. I wonder if well, that's. I you thought Diaz looked like really sharp when he came on as well. I want to get know. to that yeah. a, a little bit later about about the forwards and and uh, specifically Darwin just based on comments what that Klopp said. made beforehand. But we'll get to that in a bit once okay. we've once we've just got this game out the way. Um, yeah, sound. So first half, there's not really anything to talk about. Is there? Nothing happened. We were saying at half time, like that was a total non-event. Nothing happened in that. Nothing well, happened, but one... because I've been four nil up <laughs> from set pieces. From set pieces. I think the one yeah. thing, the one thing we should mention is the is the uh, the flag though. Should yeah, we? yeah. That was yeah, we'll get to that later. But that yeah, we'll do that now. Yeah, that was superb. I mean, obviously, I, I don't know about you boys. I've been following that all week in, on social media. The build up to it. Yeah. You know, there's this this Forest fan account set up specifically around this issue. Um, I just really, really good to see another club campaigning on on that issue, and particularly Agreed. Forest with them then having been involved in um, in Hillsbury. You know what I mean? I just think it's yeah. uh, it's really good to see someone 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 else taking moral leadership. It's always been our voice, hasn't it? Yeah. We've been the lone voice. You know, you obviously get like figures around the game and and pundits and what have you say all the right things, but to actually get fans from another club really getting a grip of the issue and saying enough's enough, this isn't right, it's a disgrace. Uh, and uh, and actively doing something about it is I, I don't think you can under I don't think you can overstate how important it is really it's fantastic pretty unprecedented really can you think of any other team who've done anything like this no and I, and it should be them 
And that this is the thing, it's like it's always bothered me more when Forest fans have been dickheads over Hillsborough because yeah. I feel like they should have more of an empathy because like you know they were there if if it was like yeah. opposite ends that day, which it should have been. We should have got the big end because we had more fans. But it was like logistics of it, wasn't it? It was like, well, you're so arriving from that fans, side and yeah, you're arriving from that side. So, right. so really, it could have been Forest fans in that end under different circumstances. So it's always like really, it hurts more when Forest fans are being dickheads about it because I feel like, no, you should be better than that. You know, you should understand more. So the fans who've done that, yeah, great. Fair play to the fans who organised the banner. What I was looking for, not specifically that because I knew that there was going to be fans with a banner. And yeah, great well done but i wanted to see what the rest of the away ends reacted to it and they were all clapping so yeah i'm like and it okay, was you know it, went yeah. on for ages. It, it wasn't mm. just a few people un- unfailed a banner, a banner it wasn't that it was the whole away ends applauded it as well so i'm like you know what as much as like forest fans are not exactly my favorite fans in the country that was really good today and it was sincere and there was none of the chant neither, you know. So, yeah, of course, they sung sign on and that. But I, I don't even really give a shit about that. No. It's like, it's just shit banter. It's not like, I don't feel like there's any nasty. That was going that. on before Hills, yeah, that it's, kind it's of not, stuff, wasn't that, it? That's like, not even done in a nasty way. That's just no. in it. It always isn't this funny, even though it's not. You know, there, there's no malicious intent with all of that shit. It's just, it shouldn't happen because it's just stupid and not funny. But it's it's a whole different kettle of fish to like. The always the victim stuff and that and murderers and all of that bollocks, um, but no, I thought that was great. You know, really, all I can do is just say like, well done, Forest, for that. And you know, Thank I'd like you. to say I don't want them to go down because I don't. Or I'm rooting for all of those teams at the bottom, including <laughs> Forest. I want them all to win games and then just let the dominoes fall. As long as Everton go, then what will be will be with the others. So I don't wish Forest any any particular ill or anything like that. Uh, and I thought that was that was really really good of them. And also coming off the back of like how, how good Arsenal fans were. And I don't like praising Arsenal fans for what they did because it's just the human decency. It's what should happen. You shouldn't have to praise people for observing a minute silence. But sadly, like the way things have gone. You, you do look at Arsenal and you're like, you know what, well played, lads, thanks for that. I actually really appreciate that because they were really good and that's how it should be, but you can't take it for granted anymore and you find yourself like praising people for stuff that like it's just should just be doing anyway. Yeah, I agree, yeah. agree with that, although I have to say, I just want to say again, I think Forrest have gone way, uh, way over and above. I agree, they didn't that's, need to do like that. some real... They're taking some real moral leadership there, and it's it's a national thing as well, isn't it? They also, Leeds last week, telly. Paul. Um, before the game last week, Leeds, when because that that thing, you know, when they laid like the wreath in front of in front of the oh, away yeah, end, yeah, yeah. like yeah. they didn't have to do that, you know, because the the um they chose to do that. They organised that we would like to do this, and they done it. So even things like that, it's it, it does feel like okay, maybe the tide's turning a little bit with that. I just like the fact that this today is fan led. Yeah. I really like the fact that fans mm. have done it. They've taken it upon themselves and said, we're going to do this. It hasn't come from the club. It's come from the fans. Fans who were at Hillsborough as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. They've and, obviously and just, said... Just showing a little bit of moral enough. leadership. Yeah. It's good to see. They were there. They know the situation. And it's obviously really pissed them off when like their own fans are behaving the way they've behaved. Because they've been singing Always the Victim in the past, you know, so they've done that. And it's obviously bothered those Forest fans and they've got the message out to their own fans. You know, they're like, look, just fucking stop this. It's not doing us any... It's not doing our, our reputation any good. We, we should be better than this. And hopefully that's like the end of it from their point of view, that, you know, that's not going to happen anymore. They're going to just be... 
you know, they can sing what they want about Scousers and all. I don't care. That's just all like football rivalry and that kind of thing. When we sing, we ain't Nottingham Forest. It's that. That's just the way it is. And we did have a big rivalry with Forest, but this is totally different. And yeah, I think that was really good today that they've done that. And not just that it was organised, but the way the whole away end reacted to it. I thought, yeah, and. Anfield, obviously, everyone like stood up and applauded them. It was like a minute where that lasted, and I thought, yeah, you know, that's really good. And then once that's over with, yeah, just get back to it. Like if we want to sing, we ain't nothing in Forest, and they're singing, sign on, whatever. I thought Forest fans were really good today, to be honest. They sang the whole game. And, they were loud after their goals as well. Yeah, really and loud. and like the, it was all different songs that they were coming up with. It was like not like original stuff that like other teams might say, you know, tunes. Like they've, they've got stuff to like our Suarez song. I think they're singing about like Stevie Cooper to that. But, like, but just different songs that they all the way through, like songs for players. And um, I thought they were like probably maybe the best away fans at Anfield this season. Certainly up there, like for noise and supporting the team. I thought they were really yeah, good. yeah, agreed. Agreed. Moving forward with the, the you know the strategy chanting as a long term like issue. Like if that petition, you know, gets the signatures that it needs, what what do you think the the outcome will be for for that kind of behaviour moving forward? It's difficult because it depends how many I mean, people are doing it. If a whole away so, end's doing yeah, it, if it's what, like, what do you do then? Yeah, I mean, say if it's like three thousand fans and say two thousand, you know, obviously the CCTV and stadiums now. Is, you just randomly know, pick people out and randomly punish it, some of them. Yeah, like what do you do? Do you reject them there and then? How's it gonna work? Could anything happen with it? Do you think? Or I mean, like, I, I get the sense just broader than that, John. I I get the sense broader than that that there is change in football is coming. The government's announcing the uh, independent regulator has definitely spiked the Premier League into getting a grip or trying to get a grip of a couple of issues. So obviously, like within you know the, what was it the day before. They, they put the charges out before the announcement. They put the charges out for City. They then put the charges out for Everton a couple of weeks after. They've also done the decision on uh, betting sponsors on shirts. Yeah. It's like all these issues that have been talked about. They realise that if they don't start, well, they realise that there's something something's coming that they don't want anyway. As someone else, uh, in, you know, from their perspective, interfering in the sport. They've not shown the leadership previously. So they're trying to step it up. So the reason I mention that is because I, I am wondering whether there's going to be some sort of step up in terms of this issue. The question is, how do you keep it in proportion? So I think I think for me, there should be some buns. I, mean, I certainly think we start with people getting chucked out the game. That should be the first thing. Just sling them out. Stuart's going to grab them and chuck, chuck them off the game. That's to happen. I think if it's lots of fans... There should be maybe a warning. They need a warning about it. And if there's a repetition, it's got to be. It's got to affect ticket allocations. It's yeah. got to be something like that. It's got to be. It's got to be. You can't have as many fans if it's away or it's a home, whatever. There's got to be. The sanctions have got to step up. People have got to realise, and they do know. There's no excuse now. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that it's out of order and it's not just banter. Some people are just deliberately sticking to this belligerent line that it's banter. They know it's not banter. They know full well that there's real people whose real lives were damaged, people who are still with us now, whose lives are absolutely damaged by what happened to them and their families and the lack of justice for so fucking long. And they know that those people's lives have been badly, badly damaged. And they, they're just pretending that it's just all a laugh and a joke. It's uh, not. They know the score. Yeah, and I'm not even going to say that's exclusive to Hills, but I the poll, to be fair. I mean, obviously... 
you know, you look at the two Leeds fans who were murdered in Istanbul, you know, you know what, 20 odd years ago was it? And I know that was like the anniversary recently. I think like obviously United fans have sang Istanbul in the past or Galatasaray or whatever. You know, Leeds fans have been um, you know, pretty like bad with the Munich stuff, obviously. I know that was a problem for us back in the eighties or whatever. Um so it's gotta be right across the board, hasn't it? I know obviously Hillsborough is Definitely like, you know, specific to ourselves, but um, you know, even if there's one person at a Liverpool match, like any kind of Munich, you know, comments I'd like, you know, people to report these people or whatever it is, um, just go and report them and see if anything can be done. I think that happens, but there's a big difference between random dickhead shouting stuff and then a hole away in singing. But mm. you know what? I think what needs to be done. Like I agree with all what Paul said there about like. Um, punishments in terms of reduced allocations or all that kind of thing but an even more simple solution really is to just shame them and and that's where like the media come in point it out when they're doing it and shame them so fans are like if, if like if your fan base is getting hammered by like the rest of the country it's embarrassing nobody wants their fans to, to have everyone like on the case and saying oh look at how they're behaving that's a disgrace nobody wants that so it, you've got to shame them into not doing it anymore because like for, for what, however many dickheads you've got who, who will try to persist in doing it if you've got everybody else going oh, fuck, I don't want us all over the fucking papers tomorrow and everyone saying oh look United fans like again aren't they a disgrace that's what, you, that's what will do it it'll be self-policing and then it'll reduce it that way but it's got to be exposed in the media which it has been more recently there has been like more of a, a an, an attempt to do that nowhere near enough but you can see there is like a bit of momentum building with that and that's what it needs if someone does it the commentators at the matches by the way as well and it's not easy for them because they're concentrating on the game and they might not be sure exactly what's being chanted in, in some cases but there's times really when if not necessarily the commentators but the pundits in the studio point it out, say, you know, like mm. when we play at Old Trafford and you've got like fucking at least 10,000 United fans singing Always the Victim, well, point that out, mention it and say, you know, that's not acceptable and shame yeah. them. That's what's going to be like done. Kind of like and Neville, like bringing And especially up. somebody yeah. like Gary Neville should be, sh yeah. should be shaming that as well. I think Gary mm. Neville's pretty good at calling out, I mean, he called out United over the Super League thing, didn't he? I think he's pretty good at calling stuff like that out where he sees it's wrong. People like him, but it's not exclusively a United issue, of course. But you know, big key figures from those clubs, whichever club is doing it. I mean, they're the I mean one, one sort of parallel. One well. sort of parallel I was thinking about there Chelsea. is is the yeah, the homophobic Chelsea. stuff about Chelsea, and I, and and that has started to die down this season. You know that you know the the, the whole red boy gone. thing. It's more yeah, than like and, a select few people who'll shout. I'm just stuff. trying to think about why that has gone, and I, I, has there been have there been there's been a couple of people who've been arrested for it, hasn't there? Yeah, um, but I think some of that was outside the ground as well. But yeah, the reason it's, why it's that's gone, Paul, it, I tell you why it's why it's gone from our point of view. Anyway, from like I don't know if other teams are still chanting it or what. But th with us, it was Billy Gilmore when he was on loan at Norwich. Yeah, and there was reason, the, yeah. there was like some of the fans, like the away fans, were chanting it at him. And it was pointed out, like, what are you doing? That's got to stop. Knock it off. Klopp even made a comment about it. And then that's what stopped yeah. it was the shame factor. People are shamed into it. It's like, don't be doing that. And that's, that's Klopp exactly what I'm about talking it, about. And, yeah. and, and that's shame that kind of moral leadership from big figures within clubs. Point out they it's wrong. You're embarrassing right. your club and, and to knock it off. That's the way and to it stop it. And it needs to be in those terms. That's the tone as well. It's not just, oh, let's... You know, let's be a little bit nicer. Let's be a little bit kinder. It's look, this is a disgrace. Mm. This isn't right. This isn't the way to behave. We're, this, we're better than this. It, it does need to be a little bit more 
condemnatory. You know, it's got to it's got to be framed in sort of moral terms. And as you say, Dave, you know, there's a shame a shame attached to it. Yeah. We're better than this. We shouldn't be behaving like this. Yeah, that's the way to. It was stop good it. to see anyway. I thought mm-hmm. it was really good to see that banner today. It was. It was. So yeah, well done, Forest. Fair play. Um, where were we? Yeah, first half. That was the only thing of any note in the first half. It was garbage. That's right. Yeah. Second half starts and immediately we score. And surprise, surprise, it's a set piece. I mean, what was that? A yeah. minute into the second half, was it? It felt like it was. Like, if that, yeah. yeah. Well, the, all the lads away. next to me hadn't come back. Then come back for the second half. Yeah. They, they missed it. So um, yeah, I mean, it was. I don't know. It was. Uh, Corner from corner from over the on our left wasn't it? Came across. Did Virgil? Head I don't think he won it. He challenged for it. And somebody I think got it, on the it hit somebody and bounced across. It, it, it comes to Fabinho. Fabinho sort of nods at Goldwoods, but Jota must have been what two yards out. Chases it in and just buries it with his head. Um, yeah, it was a good header from Jota. They just it's the bit the bit that we're not sure there's an element to look about it was the, the ball that came into Fabinho. I need to see that again. Did you? Did you? Did you? You seen it again, John? What was? What was that ball back in like? What? What from the? What the? The other back? Back across? You mean? Yeah, the one that came across to Fabinho. That I, I can't really remember what happened there. Yeah, did you get a sense like, of that from where you were sitting? Not really. It was just like uh, like went across, didn't it? Was if I say Virgil? Just head like, tennis. Head tennis, and then yeah, just like jostled on the. Uh, just luckily to Fabinho there, Fabinho, I, I Fabinho thought we, had to want to cross and Jota's right from there. I haven't seen it back, but at the time yeah. I remember Virgil went for the challenge, the ball's bounced across the goal, Fabinho's headed it back in. I think somebody else then heads it back across and Jota heads it in. So I, it looked like we won like three no, headers it's, in, No, I think it's direct. It's, no, it's, it's direct Fabinho to Jota. Is it? It's definitely mm, yeah. direct from Fabinho well, so to I've Jota. I've not seen yeah. it back, yeah. but yeah, it's just uh, literally right after half time. I think me and David just sat down, haven't we? Yeah. After going under for the uh, first uh, at half time and that. So yeah, um, not seen any of the goals back. It just felt like every every time the ball went in from a set piece, it, it was us winning the header. Yeah. Now, do you think that's like something we've worked on in terms of weaknesses for them, or is that just like well, I was something ask that they're that. just not very good at? Like, right. In I, general, I, just, I don't know what their record is like this season. I don't think it's that bad, but I could be wrong. But the two games against us, they've been brutal, like yeah. totally incompetent, yeah. like, like yeah. a schoolboy well, team. Shocking. The second and the third were really bad, really bad defending on the second mm. and the third for us. I, I thought that the was a little bit of 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 a and I think that may have just distracted them. They were like thinking Jot, uh, Gakpo's ran and they're holding the line, but then you know Jota runs in. And he's he's onside. I think that may be just My, miles onside. Yeah, he's miles onside yeah, he as well. Yeah. He's about he's, it's yards when he receives the ball. But well, Gakpo's a few yards off. Well. Like um, you know, went to VAR for the winners, didn't he? Um, but yeah, no, yeah it's clearly onside. Well. Really you know, strange. Not far from where me and Zayva sat on the line, kinds of thing, but. It was just clear Mo was on side. Um, who was the player who they were? Yeah, I just can't even. I don't know why he went to VAR because it looked clearly on side from mm. where we were sat, kind of thing. Might have been something that we didn't see. Maybe it wasn't Mo they were checking. I don't know. Mm. 
so yeah, that's our goals covered. But uh, we need to talk about the Forest goals because it was shocking. <laughs> Nico Williams, Nico Williams, by the way, how many fouls did he commit today? <laughs> He's <laughs> just <laughs> relentlessly just fouling over and over and eventually he got a yellow card for about his tenth foul. Um, hey, the Forest fans love him as well, don't they? Yeah, but they do now, yeah. I don't think early in the season. I think he's settled in now, hasn't he? Early in the season. I think he was getting a bit of stick, but he wasn't holding down a place. He was like left back one week, then right yeah. back, then on the bench, then but uh, maybe like he's going to settle into the team at right back I actually now. thought he played well, though. Yeah, I like, thought he had a decent yeah, game, yeah. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, the tenacity he played on that, yeah. as you say, give, give, gave a few fouls away, but his overall play, I thought he was pretty good. Mm. Won a few fair challenges as well. I know. like him. I liked him when he was here. You know, good yeah. luck. Yeah, he's a good I player. As well. I, think, I think that's probably his level, isn't it? Sort of. But he is... I think he can play Premier League. I think that's... Oh, definitely know, a Premier League player. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, his goal yeah, was a bit, bit lucky bit, though. Deflection. Yeah, big big deflection. Is it Robbo? Did it deflect off Robbo? I think so. Yeah, uh, I need to see it back and to see why he was in the amount of space he was in. But Allison um, got a hand to it, didn't he? Like, and uh, but it, but it, well, I'm pretty sure he did anyway. But uh, yeah, it didn't. He couldn't keep it out mm. because he, he laced it, didn't he? Absolutely leathered it. Yeah, he and did. It's, and and of, despite the deflection, it still had loads of pace on it when uh, when it got to Allison. But it, it's like. We're, we were saying earlier, if if you weren't watching the game and you were just following it, like you know, with goal updates and stuff, you'd think, oh, you know, it's a real thriller. Classic, yeah. And it yeah. wasn't. It was shit. No, <laughs> it was like it's just yeah. a really, really poor game. But even when the goals came, I think the, th- the first three goals of the second half, one nil, one all, two one, they came within like eight minutes of each other. Even that didn't feel yeah. didn't feel like it was a kind of a ding dong uh, match at all. You know, one into the other, it wasn't. Was it? It was strange. Really strange. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the defending, the, the second, their second, I thought was bizarre, and I do need to say it back again. But it's like we, it's like how the ball was, the ball broke very quickly from one side to the other, and like everyone was sucked across to our our right, and it just created all this space. Fabinho seemed to have dropped into centre half. Trent was coming, was coming, was all of a sudden arriving on the edge of the penalty area from. The opposite side to where the ball was, and um, we just there was just no one over there. The first goal, you mean? Nico's uh, goal. No. The, the second one was no. Second one was from a throw-in, wasn't it? It wasn't the second one when Allison gave that stupid throw-in away. Oh no, sorry, yeah, the mm, first one. Sorry, just, I'm thinking about the first one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nico's yeah, goal. The, that the was. move for Nico's. Yeah, yeah sorry, sorry. Yeah, and uh, it, we, yeah, the marking was just bizarre. It was like every, it's like the ball. Of, I, I, I need to see again the build-up to it. Because the ball broke to Nico and he was just in loads of space and everyone was in weird positions. Yeah, so um, he had like acres to run into, didn't he? It was like, like 30 yeah, yards yeah. of space on, that, on, that, on yeah. our left-hand side. It was, was yeah. I said to Dave at the time, how the hell has he ended up in that much space? It just didn't look right, whatever, you know, the structure, whatever it was at the time. Just a really and our shape was mad. Goal to give at away, no, the second one was Gibbs-White, wasn't it? Which yeah. he struck well, but he seemed to just pick up the ball in the middle of nowhere off that throw. Yeah, he was in loads of space. Uh, but the throw-in comes from Allison's trying to, if the ball's played back to him, I don't really blame Allison for that either because he's getting closed down and he knows I've just got to get rid of this. And he's on his left foot and he's trying to play a pass out to Robbo and he just gets it wrong and knocks it out for a throw-in. Now, okay, that's it's not ideal, but you should be able to just defend a throw-in. But we weren't defending throw-ins. All those long throws that they were having, we just looked like all over the place every time it they, was the all ball on, came They in. were all on that left-hand side as well. Yeah, they? except like, for the uh, one they scored. That, that came yeah, from the other side. But all the, the danger ones were 
Yeah, on the left, yeah. But it was like, did they target that specifically, that side? You know, because most of the attacks that they had came down that side and all the, you know, situations there came down that side in the second half. Was that something that you think they looked at? Well, like maybe because we didn't have a right back. Because we didn't have a right <laughs> a back. right back's <laughs> in the middle of the pitch. So maybe they did think, well, let's, let's attack down that side. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Canate had his hands full with, like, uh, Awanai or whatever he's called. Um, but, yeah, it, all the throw-ins, all those long throws are from the left, but the goal that they get comes from the other side. Mm-hmm. And I know we, it sounds like a broken record here, but we do need to see it back. And all like the normally you just get back and you see the clips on Twitter, but everything's been removed. I can't find any any clips of the, of the goals at all. So uh, we're kind of just relying on what we've seen at the time. Uh, but I have read people saying on that second goal that, some are saying that Hendo tells Darwin to get away from Gibbs White and, and go and stand somewhere else. And then Gibbs White is in he's in like ten yards of space and the ball comes to him and he's finished it well. I actually thought he looked quite good today. He's he's a yeah. talented player. Um but I don't know if Hendo's telling him don't mark him or if Hendo's telling him that's your man or but something's gone wrong there somewhere. Which maybe that comes down to the whole Darwin not speaking English, which Klopp referenced the other day. But I was saying to John <laughs> during that game, because um, we were talking before the game about Darwin not speaking English and how long is it going to take him to learn and all that. I said to John, I said, like, the only English Darwin probably knows is fucking shit Andy Carroll. Because <laughs> like, he just hears that all the time. He was When he was warming up, they were singing that. And I said to John, I said, that's probably the only English he understands, you know. He's probably there in the touchdown. I go, oh, for fuck's sake, here we go again with the shit Andy Carroll. I'm like, that's the only English he knows. So something's gone on with that goal, like a miscommunication. Hendo's either told him to mark Gibbs White and he's thought he said something else or he's told him to go and do something else. And then nobody's picking up Gibbs White, but yeah, I need to see it again. And because I, I mean, the only the, the only thing I, I mean, I, I I need to as well. The only thing I'd say to that is I wouldn't trust anything that's getting said about Hendo on Twitter. No, because it's just mm. full of full of dickheads as far as uh, as far as Hendo's concerned. Oh, replies to the comments, oh, like marking a player who's on the edge of the box with his height and you know size and physique and that you know with all the throw-ins that were coming into the box or whatever. I was you know he struck it from the edge of the box, didn't he? Yeah, but it's it nice might be zones. They, they might be supposed supposed to be marking certain zones. They were just like literally throwing it in the mixer, weren't they? Mm. Like they weren't like long, like he wasn't like, getting past the front of the box. Throws. Really, but they, they were like they were like on. looped up in the air, yeah. weren't they? Like he was getting like a half decent distance on them, but they were like looped throws, and it just felt like you know quite a few of them were causing carnage. And they hit the bar as well, didn't he? Um, yeah, they did. Yeah, although Darwin Brennan. missed an easy header as well, didn't he? Second half. From a set yeah. piece, yeah, set yeah. Piece, yeah. You've yeah, got to hit that's... the target there. That was poor, that I thought. Yeah, but just like it was it Brennan Johnson lifted it over Allison, and like, and it just like hit the top of the bar, didn't it? Was that three two at the time as well? So it just I think felt so. like, um, yeah, I'm not sure. You know, a lot of uh, like a lot of them throw-ins on that left hand side were causing, you know, a lot of trouble for us. But like Dave, yeah, I I agree with you, John. But like Dave says, it it, it didn't really feel edgy, did it? It didn't no. feel like a real sort of barnstorming game or anything like that. It was bizarre, really bizarre. Do you not think, think that's it's... partly because the stakes involved? I mean, would you yeah. have been like yeah. that arsed if we'd have come away with a draw? No. I, it no, wouldn't I'm have sure, ruined my sure weekend. Right. I, I wouldn't. It's that end of term. I just yeah. talking about before, yeah. So you're not going to get as edgy because the the stakes aren't as high. But I felt like the crowd were getting a bit edgy at times, and um, yeah. 
and understandably so because we kept doing stupid things and inviting and I just think it's, it's all part of people just being pissed off about shit we've been this season yeah. you know that is that's definitely in the mix people are just still even now bemused and annoyed about how crap the season's been after what we've had for so many years under Klopp the big fall away so I but think there is that that's, that's understandable yeah, in a way. One of the, but we've still won most of them games at home Paul like eventually I know it's not been to the levels we have done but our home records I think you know, we've it's, only it's really good yeah Drawn four and lost one and won all the others or whatever it is, or something along those lines. But even going back to September, remember that Brighton three-all game? And it was like, you know, sitting, we were, what, two months off, like nearly winning all four trophies. And I felt like there was a bit of, like, spoiled brat syndrome, even early that part of the season, or when we weren't playing well and stuff. And, you know, Brighton probably should have beat us at Anfield. Um, but even then, like it was a like bit of an undercurrent in the atmosphere and those early games kind of thing, and uh, it's just the worst. Yeah. But also, what I'd say to that, like the the flip side to that, is the worse we got, the better the crowd got at Anfield because like they knew that you know okay they need us, and I think mm-hmm. like the crowd didn't turn on the players. The you know the well, look at that Leeds game, Dave, and Leeds beat us, and like yeah. You know, they scored in the last minute, and you know, the way fans just emptied, and I thought, you know what, I, how like, spoiled does that come across not being beaten at home for five years? And uh, yeah, know, that wasn't great, but yeah. there was no booing or anything like that. No, the fans who stayed no. didn't boo them off or anything. Yeah, they and didn't. That's, that's the, fair. the worst we got clapped, yeah. when like Klopp was like saying, Look, you know, we need the crowd, we need, we need you to turn up, and, and the fans have, you know, the Anfield's been fine, there's not really been any dissent. If the away fans as well, to be fair, you know, like the the away crowd's been fine. It's not like the the, the crowd mm. have turned against the players. I certainly think in the context of how poor the football's been, that you couldn't really ask for more from the crowd. I don't think. No, you know, it I is agree. it it is like it's a two way street, isn't it? You know, you do we we do our part, but then there needs to be a response. You know, they feed you feed off each other, really. You know, the crowd gets going, the footy improves, so the crowd get more hyped, and so on. I mean, interesting to to see today. Right at the end, when Diaz came on, he had a little dribble to waste time in the dying minute, dying seconds. And he's whipping the crowd he, up. Yeah, and he's whipping the crowd up. Yeah, <laughs> I, know. I was yeah. like, all right, settle down. I don't know you've yeah. been out a while, but come on, it's fucking the Forest thing, at home, and we're like seventh thing, in the, the table. The thing for me about that though is, is that they're clearly just mindful of it all the, all the time, aren't they? Maybe yeah. a little bit too much. Maybe a little bit too much. It's usually Harvey to to... doing that. Yeah, yeah. I just think they've got this whole thing about the crowd and their heads at Anfield and. Maybe maybe they become a little bit too reliant on that this season. They need to they need to get back to uh, motivating themselves a little bit and grinding it themselves. Yeah, that was um, funny with Diaz though. That made me yeah. laugh. I'll tell yeah. you what else was hilarious. I th- I've just thought of this now. Uh, when the second half started and George forgot to turn the music off, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the music's still blasting. Like I'm well, like thirty seconds into the second half, <laughs> and then it gets switched off. And I heard the fella behind me. He was like, "Fucking hell!" He said, "Like George, there." He's like, "They've they've caught him on the hop." He said, "He's just come back from having a piss." He said, "He's got piss all over his fat slacks, all over his hands, and he's Farris fumbling slacks. trying to find the button to turn the music off." <laughs> Well, yeah, that, any, that was I, I don't think he was having a don't think he was having a piss there. I think he was having a shit because we didn't get any half time scores, did we? Didn't we? I don't know. I was underneath, <laughs> no. so no. Well, no. Something's gone no, on there. there's like, yeah. this penalty competition. Hey, I tell you what, the lad who won ten grand on his penalty. I hope Mo was watching it. Like, did you did you see it? No, no, no we were underneath. No, we were underneath. Top, yeah, top corner. Yeah. Keeper went the right way and he put it over the keeper yeah. over the keeper's hands. And top corner. It was lovely. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, have we, have we covered the game there? Because there's not yeah. much more to say, is yeah. there? Yeah, so the only other thing I want to say is it was a, it was an unchanged team. So 
do we agree with that? I think I, I think it's fair enough as much as I want Darwin start, and I think you keeping the same team is the right thing to do. Well, yeah, yeah I, mean, I certainly no think after Klopp's comments, you know what mm. what did he what did he say? Um, the counter presses your ticket into ticket into this team. It's quite obvious behind the scenes that he's he's been laying the law down, I think, and saying this is what I want. And if I don't get it, you're not playing. If I do get it, you're playing. So it just strikes me that three, you know, unchanged team, three games on the bounce. That's part of it. Those are the players who've been doing what, doing what he wants. And, you know, interesting as well that he singled Darwin out, not necessarily in a very, very negative, critical way, but he singled Darwin out within that same context, that same that, that same conversation, as clearly someone who is not doing what he wants and doesn't understand. And then he makes he go, takes it one further and links it to his lack of English. Now, I, it didn't come across to me as very, very pointed or unpleasant or snide, but it just came across to me as what Klopp, I think is really good at doing is just being very, very matter of fact. This is what I need. If you do it, you play. If you don't, you need to get better. And, and it just struck me as he's just saying exactly what he said to Darwin in person. I need this. And if you do it, you'll play. And if you don't, other people will. And I've got no problem with that particular fact. Not only have I got no problem with it, I think it's absolutely essential the way we played this season. People need to, the, the fundamental basics of our game need to be, need to be back and back strongly. And um, if people can't deliver, then they shouldn't be playing. That's simple, really, for me. You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary, and access to the members-only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. The only thing that is, is a little bit tricky there with Darwin for me is. It's hard for him to know exactly what he's supposed to be doing when one week he might be centre forward, the next week he might be on the left, then he's on the bench. It's it, you know you've got to you have like a set role that you learn now, and yeah, then agreed. then maybe you can learn another role like like Jota for example. You could play Jota anywhere across the front three, and he knows what he's supposed to be doing off the ball because he, he's versatile. He can play all of those positions, but he's also been here long enough that he knows the system. He knows how to press. Because the thing with Darwin, what I don't like is you know this idea that oh he can't press. It's not that. It's it's maybe it's about learning where he's got when, to do it and when, when he's got when to do it. Yeah. Because Darwin works his fucking bollocks off. Yeah, it's not about effort. And that's that's the thing is like when, yeah. but that's the connotation that you sometimes get when say oh you know. Uh, he can't press, and that just makes people think lazy. And it's not because he works no, so I hard. Well, I don't think. Klopp, I know I don't you don't. Think but I got that sense from Klopp. No, I, it's not Klopp. But fans, like I'm talking about. That. When you say something like that, a lot of fans will be like, "Oh, he can't press that," and they just associate that with like him not wanting to do it, or like you know he's lazy or whatever. It's not. He's just got to learn when to do it, where to do it, and what everyone else is doing, and what his role and all that. And I'm just saying, it's not it's not that simple when like you haven't even got a set position. You don't know if you're going to be playing on the left or through the middle. Um, I mean, I think to be fair, he was picked pretty consistently on the left since he, since after the World Cup, wasn't he? You know, and I, I, yeah, but that's needs must, isn't it? You know, I don't think that's where we've wanted to play him. But Diaz was out and Jota was out, so I don't know. I I reckon Gakpo's going to be the man through the middle. 
Well, that's what I'm saying though. But like, so where in which does case, Darwin Darwin's going to Because Diaz is, when, once Diaz is up to speed, Diaz is going to be in the team. And then you've got like the Jotter equation where he might not always be playing great, but if he's scoring two goals a game, then it's like, well, how do you leave that out? You know, you've got you to pick him for that. So, yeah, it's Darwin's like you've got to you've got to figure out how are we going to use him? What's what's his role going to be? Because he's got so much to offer, and I still keep seeing people and by that, yeah, I mean Julian. Not just Julian, but others who were like, "Yeah, he's just not that good." I'm like, "He fucking is!" You know, he's like, "There's so much there to work with. Like, he could be incredible, but we've just got to figure it out." A couple of things that strike me about the whole forward situation and Darwin's in particular is the first one is we've consistently seen that Klopp holds players back when they don't get it tactically in terms of the press, and then when they get it, we saw it with Robbo, we saw it with Fabinho, uh, Ox, we saw it with Fabinho. We've seen it with like he's clearly there's issue, there's some some issues with that with Cavalio as well. Although I reckon that's about physique and power as well. But it, it, that's that's something he's done consistently his whole time with us. If you get it, you play, and if you don't, you don't until you until you get it. You've got to learn it if you want to play. So I think that that for me is is fine, and I think that needs to remain. Um, the only thing I would the only other thought that occurs though is you know moving to the moving forward with the five forwards once Bobby's gone. Is that I don't, he's not going to be able to use his forwards in the way he did previously. So there was a clear first choice three who pretty much always played. And then he had like Divock, um, Taki, Jota as well. Yeah. But now with a five, Big Shaq. He, he is going to have to. Don't forget Big Shaq. Big Shaq, of course. <laughs> With a five, he's gonna and they're, and then five and they're in some in some senses all five are senior players. Yeah. You know there aren't really juniors amongst them when you consider that you know the, the how they played, how much we paid for them. So he is gonna have to use them slightly differently, chop it up and change it, and, and bring them in and bring them out. I think maybe with the caveat that probably Mo will continue to play most weeks because he's Mo, excuse me because he's Mo. So there's got to be an evolution up there as well. You know it feels to me like I th- and I think Klopp is grasping this. And putting it in place. I mean, he's already saying we're playing for next season now already. We're getting things in place for next season. Certainly the trend stuff is about that, isn't it? And mm. Lots of things have to change. It's not just players that need to change. It's about how he manages players, how he rotates them, uh, and about how we how we set up tactically on the pitch. And I think the forwards are no difference in that regard. We are going to have to... Darwin has got to get used to it if he wants to play. He's got a one-week play left, another week play through the middle, um, and another week beyond the bench. You know, I think that's that's just what it's what it's going to entail playing for Liverpool moving forward. Mm. Thing is, though, if if there's no Europe next season, which you know mightn't even be the Europa League, you don't know. I mean, there's going to be less games, so it's going to be even harder to keep players happy, isn't it? You know, if you're looking at you know we had the front three, the front three, and the able deputies in behind. But as you're saying, Paul, you know the seniority aspect of it. It's like is there going to be enough games to keep certain players happy? Um, you know, because you're probably not going to be ro- rotating the team as much uh, for certain games and that. So what happens there? I think there will be Europe, though. It's, it's highly unlikely. We'd have to finish eighth, wouldn't we? Is it eighth? Is, is that the lowest? I think, I think okay. seventh could miss out, but it might depend on, on like the cup. Like, the cup so if, what, if West, West Ham win the... Um, that they get a Europa League place if they win the conference league. Win, so does yeah. that impact on like how many league spots get in? I don't know. And then Brighton in the FA Cup, if Brighton get to the final 
and either win it or if City win it, I think would Brighton get get a spot? So it wouldn't matter. They might, they might the get one position. off league placing anyway. No, but what I'm saying is if they get it through the cup, then the league position oh, won't matter. So if they did finish above us, the next one down, if if Brighton were taking up a spot from like winning the cup or runners up in the cup, that league spot would move one down, which might be us. So I, I think it's it's highly unlikely we wouldn't be in any European <coughs> in any European. But if we're in that conference where you got I really don't fancy the idea of Play and I'm gonna have to have necessity going to mm. road to Volvagrad on a Tuesday night or whatever. But it's, do you know? Uh, do you know what, John? I I kind of I think Dave made this point a couple of pods ago. I've kind of changed my mind on that. I was of the view that like, oh no, I'd rather not be in it. But in actual fact, with our squad the size it is, the point you're making, you know, we need we need the games for for you know the lesser players, and it'll be you know Joe Gomez might be captain in the team at centre half. And it'll be uh, Cavalio might be playing, and it'll be the kids, or whatever. It'll be um, you know, and, and Mo won't travel, and Virgil won't travel, and you know, Milner, yeah, Milner will be captain in the team. Not yeah. going. Milner yeah. might be picking the team and doing the press conferences. That might be his new <laughs> yeah, role. Yeah, but 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 I think for the sake of our squad, we will need that because it's. I think it's understandable with the squad our size. If they if they got a few games, people will get pissed off if they're not playing. Far, far harder to uh, to manage that that element in the squad if you haven't got the games for them. Um, and Klopp can say for all he likes, well, listen, that's just the way it is. You've got to put up with it. But the human beings, you know, and they want to they want to play. So I think we really do need it. We do need those games. I used to be a little bit sniffy about it, thinking, oh, if we're not going to be in the Champions League, that's who cares. But with the way our squad is now and the way we need to rotate, I think we've got to be. We need European football no matter what. Mm. Yeah, I'm a bit sniffy about it as well, but I do think it's irrelevant because I do think we will be in a European competition, whichever one that is, remains to be seen, but I do think we'll be in one of them. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I agree with John's point, Like, we don't want to be going to the European equivalent of the dog and duck on mm. a Tuesday night, but um, you know, I think having Thursday those games night, will be important. And then having to play on a Sunday, on that's the Sunday, other thing, yeah. I can't be arsed yeah. with the Thursday, th- Sunday thing. Um, right. Okay. So you touched you touched on that, Paul, about like Trent's role, and how we're looking at that for the rest of the season. What I was what I was thinking about is if this is how it is with Trent now, this is what he's going to be moving forward. Now, not necessarily every game. There may be some games when Trent either doesn't play or he plays as an orthodox right back. Uh, well, orthodox in Trent's terms, nobody else plays like him anyway. But you know what I mean. He'll stay on the right. Um, how does that impact what we do in the transfer market for midfield? So, John, um, I'll go with you first on this. If Trent's playing this role next year, does that mean we need to sign less midfield players than we thought we needed to sign? It's hard to say because we don't know who's leaving yet, do we? I mean, you know, everyone's saying oh, they'd like certain players to leave, etc. But I don't think you can specifically say you know, whether we will need more just yeah, I mean, if you're looking at the midfield as it is, I mean, who do you think's going to leave in well, the summer? Well, if we, if we just assume, OK, Cater and Ox are gone. Yeah. Assume everybody else stays. So I'd just replace them two for a start. Uh, like, I'd bring two in regardless. I I, I think we need two midfielders. Um, you know, whatever Trent does or doesn't do or where he plays or where he doesn't yeah, play. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, we've just got to replace the two which are leaving. Um who are going to contribute to the first team, unlike, you know, those two you've just mentioned. Well, are you looking you know? at two, like, not necessarily 
every week starters or are you looking at I want top quality who are going to come in and play what I think say two what type of two are it you depends at? what happens with Fabinho I think um, I think if Fabinho leaves as well which again I don't know what the plans are in that aspect but I think if Fabinho leaves we need two quality first teamers to come in if Fabinho stays then maybe you could get away with like a someone who's just gonna come in at the ground running straight away. Um and maybe a younger, you know, me and Paul like spoke about this on the uh, on the chat earlier on today, but you know, like an unpolished diamond type of player like Paul's uh, going on about Lavia from Southampton. Not saying him specifically, but someone who's got that those facets to his game, you know, he's young, you know, powerhouse, uh, strong, you know, can run with the ball. Um, that type of midfielder. Um, so that'll depend on what happens with with Fabinho as well. So, but definitely if with Oxlade and um, Cater leaving, if I definitely think at at least two depends on what happens with Fabinho as well. Because I think Henderson will stay. Um, you know, don't don't see him leaving. Uh, so yeah, but it's hard to say without knowing the specifics at the moment. I mean, I think I think I would say on that. I think regardless, we need... I totally agree with John's point. Two are going out, we need two in. You've got to maintain the numbers. And obviously, you'd hope that the two coming in are far more available than the two going out. So instantly, that changes the dynamic. Yeah, That means you can rotate more effectively. But for me, if we're bringing players in now at this stage, we I, if two are coming in, I want them to be players who are going to absolutely be wanting first-team places. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they've got to be... Um, you know, someone like uh, I mean, I would I would have Bellingham for me. I'd have Bellingham and, and then worry about everything else afterwards. He's that good. I think it's crazy not to go for an absolutely ridiculous decision. However, and I, I still don't rule out that he won't come, but I know I'm in the minority there. I don't think it's likely, but I still think it's vaguely possible. But I, you've got to have players who can come in and play first team football every week. They don't necessarily need to be massive names, but they do need to be players who can come in and have immediate impact and be first team footballers. The one thing, and there needs to be at least two of them, definitely. And that would be regardless of who stays. I mean, I think if Fabinho goes, you then then need three. Or or Thiago goes, you need three. You need to have the same number of players that we've got now. But obviously, you want them to be more available than they've been um, this season. Um, And they need to be quality. I think if you get into like three players that you need to bring in, I'm quite happy for the third to be, you know, a young prospect. Um, someone yeah. who maybe isn't necessarily nailed on but certainly I w- we need two fresh faces who you can trust to be in that midfield every week if you need them and, and they'll deliver but for me in terms just come back to your point about Trent Dave I mean I, I said when I had my little mini rant about Virgil the other week on the pod and I stand by what I said there Virgil needs pressure on his place there's no doubt in my mind regardless of the fact that I, I still feel some sympathy for him in terms of what what that prick at Everton did to him, and I think that that has affected him. He's not quite been the same ever since. Um, Virgil definitely needs pressure on his place next season, but the way Trent is playing, it worries me that Canate has a bit of time out because I don't see any other player currently in our squad who can do what Canate does, no. which is to cover the right centre half position and get over and fill in the gaps for. Trent on paper Gomez can on paper in terms of he's got the pace um, 
But what we know about Joe Gomez is that he has he has these he has lapses of concentration, uh, and the more pressure that he's under, the, you know, the, the the more that can be exposed. I really like Joe Gomez; I think he's a quality player. But I would be concerned about having someone at centre half who can fulfil that role if Canati's out. And that what you might end up having then is that di- that di- dictates where Trent plays because I don't think you can then put Trent into that midfield position unless you've got. Um, Canate there so if Canate's missing you then can't use him in that way if yeah. you start to move the tactics forward you don't want to be in a position whereby um, factors outside of Trent's own form prevent you from using him there so I mean I, I, it's it's pretty complex really and and the, the one thing that I, when we say this all the time what just it, it never ever fails to hit me all the time even though you know it you're reminded of it so often that we really are like you know the thigh bones connected to the hip bone team. Every single element of the team, one thing affects the other. You see it constantly. I mean, Klopp talks about it as well. You know, he talks about how the you know the defender hasn't been good because we weren't pressing up front enough. Um, talk about how we defend as a team. You take one. We can see the difference it makes if you take um, Hendo out of the right and Harvey comes in. That Harvey hasn't got the same power that Hendo's got. But equally, you can compare Hendo to two or three years ago when he was just a little bit fitter and a bit more in the tank and on his legs. And it's not quite the same there. So I think it's so difficult to know with the changes the cops making exactly what will be affected by those changes. But I suppose the thing I'm saying is I think whoever we sign, they need to be big, strong, physical, powerful, fast um, and ready to play. Well, that's, not, right. that's not Mason Mount, Conor Gallagher. You know they're not big, no, strong. No, it's, it's not. You're right. It's not. But well, what happens with the likes of Harvey if you know we bring those type of players in? You know, quintessential, quintessential yeah. like Klopp midfielders. If you like, you know, what happens with you know because that's he's a totally different profile to the players that you know Paul's rightly saying that that you know we need this summer and he's absolutely spot on, but. You know, Harvey's played in midfield a lot this season. Where does that leave him moving well, forward? Well, I, I suppose, I mean, I think when you look at the way Trent plays, what what happens when he falls into that, like, double pivot with Fabinho? And I think this is where there's some pressure on Fabinho, really. I, I'm not sure Fabinho's up to it. I'm really not. Even even with Trent in next to him, I just don't... I think one of these powerhouses should be replacing Fabinho, really. But when you, when you see when he plays next to Fabinho, what that does is it allows the other midfielders, the other two midfielders, to really push on. And it almost becomes, we're almost this season, the last few games, we're almost playing like a 3-2-5, aren't we? So that you've got the front three and then the other two the other two midfielders are pushing quite far forward. Um, we certainly saw that in the second half against Arsenal. That was much more prevalent then. I think it's a little bit different against Leeds and Forest when they're sitting deeper. But in my view, the idea is that you want players who can really bomb on. So you kind of tighten up the back and tighten up the centre. So you've got your two centre-halves, who are fast, good one-on-one defenders, they stay. You've got um, your number six, your normal number six, and you've got Trent who comes across. So you've really got four players covering the middle of the pitch where the centre-halves can go wide to cover anything down the flanks. And you've also got Trent with the ability to create from that position there as well. And so, therefore, you want tens who can bomb on. And that's why he's looking at Mount, he's looking at Gallagher, etc. But the whole thing for me is just complicated by the form of some players that you'd previously have hung your hat on. You know, if Fabinho... Is, I mean, that, t- 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 don't you think he looked leggy today, John? Fabinho, yeah. Yeah. 
it's, taking uh, two, three touches. He, he worries me. I don't think he's up to it. No, no. It's. Uh, I mean, he's still capable of having really good games, but they're becoming like you know fewer and far between. You know, so consistent for so long. Um, but what you're saying about the five forwards? I mean, it's a different variable to what what we've always had on the club, obviously, with the full-backs and the front three as well. And then you'd have, obviously, midfielders filling spaces. It's a, it's a different facet to that, isn't it? Um, yeah. You, you know, from a different angle kind of thing. So you're looking at that as well. And it's, you know, does that mean Robbo's got to be a bit more conservative as well? well it's you, looking that way. But just yeah. on Harvey, though, John, like I don't think it's a coincidence that since we've changed and put Trent in this position... Harvey's come out and he's not really been involved. He was mm. on the bench there. I don't know if he was on the bench the other night. I'm not sure he was. No, he wasn't. Was yeah. he against Leeds? Well, I think that's not a coincidence because I'm looking at like the, the, what Hendo's doing um, and a lot of it is he's going out wide, overlapping Mo. A lot of it is just making those runs and I don't think that suits Harvey, like that position. The, the setup that we're in at the moment, the best position for Harvey in that setup is where Curtis is playing, I think. Um, and I don't think that this right-sided uh, role that Hendo's been playing in, much as I love Hendo, that's when we're bringing midfielders in. That's like the main thing I'm looking at. Is okay, I want someone that's going to give us more in that position. By that, I generally mean goals. You know, Hendo's going to get you like two or three a season. Um, I want somebody who's actually going to contribute goals from that position. If that's what we're going to play all the time, so that's maybe where you're looking at like. Say Mason Mount, for example, is not my my first choice. I'm not advocating that we we go and sign him. I'm just, and even Conor Gallagher, like I could see them in that position, like that that Hendo's playing because there's a lot of license to get forward in that role, and a lot of it's like just being up there supporting Mo because Trent's no longer over there. You know, Trent's very rarely on that side of the pitch. You know, he's, he's in the middle now. And when he is on that side, he's not bombing on on the outside or overlapping the way he was. So I don't see Harvey doing that. I think Harvey would have to be over on the other side where Curtis is. But the midfielders who are coming in, I want two midfielders who are going to play all the time. That's a, th- that's yeah. what I want, which is yeah. why Bellingham was one of them. I, I was like, you, you get him and you're playing him in that position Henderson's in now. And then you bring in, if say, if, if Mount was the other one or Gravenberg, whoever it was, then they play the other side, and then it's like, okay, so Trent's coming into the middle, somebody else is in there with him, and for me, it wouldn't be Fabinho. If he stays, he stays as a squad player. We need an upgrade on Fabinho now, I think. Uh, I'm not saying he's completely finished and he can't he can't do a job, but he, I don't think we're going to see Fabinho as the dominant force that he has been. No, so, I agree. He worries me. He probably worries me more than any of them this season. Um, I think Virgil worries me more than Fabinho, but yeah, it's a toss-up, isn't it? Um, but that's what I'm looking for. Two midfielders who will actually go into the team, and if that means Hendo's on the bench, well, great, because that means we've got like an experienced player on the bench who we can bring on in situations what we need. He can start like still start like a certain amount of games, but he's got to be starting to phase him out now, you know. And it, so the, the, whoever comes in, I want them in the team. I don't want someone replacing Ox and replacing Cater as like sitting on the bench or not making the no, squad absolutely. whoever comes that, in yeah. has got to go into That'd the team and make, make us that. better the players have got to come yeah. in who make us yeah. better and make us 
significantly better. Not just like, oh, we're a little bit better with him playing. No, we need to be significantly better than we are now. And whoever comes in, like, the, I want two midfield players. And going back to what you are saying before, Paul, about the centre-backs, that is like a, a, real, a real issue if we're playing this way. Because I, th- I agree with you in terms of cover for Virgil who can put competition, provide competition as well. And a lot of the centre-backs who we've been linked with are left-sided which does tell me that that's something that they've been looking at. Either we need like really top-class competition for Virgil or, and I'm not saying that this is the case, but maybe it's it's something in the background where they're thinking, is it time to move him on? You know, is he a problem? Is his attitude a problem? I'm not saying it is, I'm just speculating because there's some of the players who we've been linked with are not cheap and they're left-sided. And it's very rare that you have like two left-sided centre-backs. You know, it's, it's difficult. If it's, yeah. it's a left-footer, I know Verge is yeah. not left-footer, but he plays exclusively on that side. He's never like switched across and, and Well, I, I on, do on wonder, right. you know, coming back so, to my point about Canate, is if, if, you, if you bring in a left-footer to play, you can, to put pressure on Virgil, but Canate's out... Maybe you can move Virgil to the right. Will he though? I just don't see that happening. So I'm now of the opinion that you need to sign one absolutely shit hot centre back who can play either of those positions. So if Canate's well, out, if you, such a player can play on the fantastic. yeah, well, yeah. If Canate's out, he can fill that right side and lock that side down. If if like they want to give Virgil a rest, well then he can go and play on, on that side. Or even to be fair, Canati could switch over and and play Virgil's side because he's done that before. If you've got someone good enough to lock down that right hand side, so yeah, yeah, a, a top quality centre back is something that I'd like to see. But I would be prepared to wait another window for that if if it meant getting Bellingham and another midfielder. Now I don't want to do the whole Bellingham thing. Again, because we spoke about it a lot in the last one, but I, I did want to get you know your thoughts on it. Um, oh, I'm very much in that camp. I mean, I would. I, I mean, I, I'd be mad enough to just say if it's Bellingham and that's it, I'd, t- I'd take Bellingham. You know, I mean, it's just he's that good. Why? Mm. Do, why would you not want to get? I mean, I, I hate that it's it's a corny sort of internet phrase, isn't it? Generational talents, but I suppose it does sum it up a little bit. I mean, he's yeah. like there's no one like him. Absolutely no one like him. He's unique. He's got everything about his game. I, I felt going. I mean, I've been on the Bellingham bandwagon for a long time, and I felt he was. Um, I, I took real interest when he moved to Dortmund because we 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 did try to get him at that stage when he was sixteen, and I started looking at him then, and and just following how he's from a distance, following how he's doing. I wouldn't say I'm an expert in his game, but I've, I've watched quite a bit of him, and he's he's got everything, and he is further ahead. Stevie was right; that wasn't false modesty from Stevie when he said that the other day. He's further ahead than Stevie was at the same age. Now. Whether he'll have the the peaks of Stevie's career is is, is yet to be seen, but he's certainly got the all round game. And if you've got a player like that, um, who just looks absolutely perfect to, for Liverpool, and and he wants to play for us, why would you not do it? Um, I understand that you know we, we might we, we might not want to be held to ransom. We might we might not want to get into a situation whereby you know we're hanging around waiting to see spend the whole summer waiting to see if we can sign this fella and then. We, we don't get him and we, we have to go for somebody else. I get all of that, that the club wants certainty. But uh, I, I just think he's one of those players you move having an earth for. I just think that's he's, he's, he's that good. It, let's say we've moved on, the club are doing something different. Um, we need to be decisive and we need to be getting first-team players who come in. And certainly for me, I think an absolute minimum is two are going out. We need two, two to come in and I think we need a centre-half. And then after that, there's all sorts of areas where I think you know it, it, there'd be no harm in bringing new players in. Um, but certainly two first-choice midfielders and, 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 I, and, for me, preferably a first-choice centre-half 
would be would be the priority. The other, just the other thing to say as well about the tactical changes and the way Trent's playing is, I'm not convinced we'll see it every game. I think it'll be horses for courses. I think sometimes we'll see it and sometimes we won't. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, the, the other I, thing, I think, sorry, I oh, think we'll probably, you'll probably do it more against the lesser teams, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to shut I mean, out the counter attack. Yeah, yeah, um, and you know, stuff control aspect. I mean, look at Trent the other night against Leeds, was it 160 odd touches or whatever it was? And well, I wanted to so comment many on key that passes. Um, you know, John Stones does it for City, but Trent's got obviously, a, yeah, Trent's obviously got like a passing range that John Stones can only dream of. John Stones a good player, and that don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, Trent's in that position for. You know the majority of the games, especially at home in the league. You know you, you want them on the ball as much as possible. Um, you, you know dictating and um, you, you know getting passes. You know to key players off. You know in forward positions. Very much so. I mean, I I think from seeing. I know the sample size is still very small, but already in my mind, it's it he shut down the questions about um, does he bring defensive problems to the middle? No, he doesn't. Can he defend in the middle? Yes, he can. Does it shut down his ability to pick out passes? No, it doesn't. Those are all things I felt strongly. I mean, you know, I've been talking about that we should be at least trying to occasionally use him. I've been talking about that for a long time, trying to use him in midfield to change yeah, things up. Yeah, it's a. I'd never, I'd never felt that those things were going to be problems. But I think what I've seen now confirms that they won't be. I'm not saying he won't have the odd game where there might be a wobble. Any player subject to that. But it felt like a lot of people were thinking: Is he actually capable of? Of playing that role, I think he's confirmed he is capable of playing that role now. Whether he should every week or not is another matter, but I think he definitely can. I mean, when when we were talking about the midfield role, it's in a different like position than what I and you know we all yeah. thought. I'll oh, be the De Bruyne role. He, you know, he'd be in that in that uh, right channel. Um, Hendo's you know, position. Yeah, license to get forward, put, put them crosses in at a certain angle. That's a Bruyne does the strength. Obviously, he's done for so long as well. Um, so, but it's in a deeper, obviously a deeper position than that. Um, you know, he's, he's getting more of the ball than he would, you know, even in that sort of, um, you know, Henderson role, as Dave says. So, um, it's he might do that though, John. You know, if we signed a right back, like a, a reliable right back who could you could give like, like a 20 solid games right a back. You mean yeah, to, somebody who can play right. twenty games a season, but like a right footed Robbo. You get somebody like that who can get yeah, forward yeah. and can defend as well. Or you, a right footed Costas. Yeah, yeah, well, if you get somebody who you know you, you can come in and he's going to do a good job, you could see Trent playing as like as one of the eights occasionally. You know, they, they could do that rather than him doing this hybrid role. He may actually just play that right sided midfield overlap and getting crosses in, getting shot in. You might see that. That might be something else that further down the line it might evolve into that. But for the moment what we're doing, I, I just think, yeah, I want two midfield players, but I don't necessarily want like two number eight. I want like you know, your your attacking midfield but I'd also somebody like Caicedo, um not necessarily him, like I'm not gonna complain if it is him but I just don't know how much he's going to cost. But he did sign a new contract with Brighton, and you don't know if there's a clause in there. Clause got uh, in there, You would yeah. think if he was signing a new contract, he was pissed off. He went on strike because they wouldn't let him go to Arsenal. So then he signs a new contract. You think uh, he must have had some kind of assurance that 
if if a certain offer comes in, he can go. Or why would he sign a contract? He would have just waited till the summer and then left. Although the fact he was only on three grand a week, maybe why he signed a contract, he thought, yeah, I can't carry on on three grand a week. I'll just sign this and then worry about That's it later. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, but if you get somebody like him as a Fabinho upgrade then that's more of a priority than getting a second number eight for me at the moment, I think, yeah. based on the formation Same. that we're playing. You know, you put somebody like Caicedo next to Trent when Trent's dropping in there, and then you've got, like, a, a marauding player in Hendo's role who's going to get your goals as well, as I say, whether that's Mason Mount, whether that's Gravenberch, whoever, um, that that type of player. And then we've still got other midfield players who can come in. And let's not forget, you know, Bajetic to come back as well. But I'd like to see if you move if you move Fabinho on for an upgrade, and then Bajetic is your your understudy to that player. So we're still going to get like cup games, odd games here and there when when we rotate. See, so we're I, still involved. I, we're still getting games. I like the sounds of that. I mean, for me, Fabinho was. I, I think Fabinho needs to be moved on. I really do. I think he's. I think he's pretty much done. It's just alarming how far he's fallen. And I do. I take. I take on board what you said about Virgil, Dave. And I had me say on Virgil the other week. Um, but I don't think Virgil's fallen anywhere near as far. Um, Fabinho, I just think, has, has had a horrendous season, and I don't think he's going to get dramatically better. He's not going to recover much. We need, we need. It's, it's, it's the point John and I were, were talking about earlier. We need that power, that mobility, um, that that sort of dominant presence in there. Um, and it, he's that's not him anymore. No, I we might have a clearer run at Saicedo if he if there is some kind of release cause because Arsenal obviously who were linked to him in January, you know they're looking at from whatever that's going to be Declan Rice. So mm. um, you know if there is any chance of getting Saicedo, then you know we'll have a better chance of getting him. Hopefully because Arsenal design Rice, you know they're going to be in the Champions League obviously next season. So. Um, well, yeah. So, how, how many points cushion have they got? Because the way they're going at the moment, <laughs> they're going to start like dropping like a stone. Yeah, but, uh, no, yeah. I think they've got a big enough cushion to not have to worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't like to say see though. I mean, what, what is the rumor about this release cost? Like seventy odd million quid? Or I don't something? think there is one. I, I'm just applying like speculating common yeah, sense okay. why, why would make you sign sense. a contract without if you're his agent you're, you're not letting him sign a, a new contract like that without a clause are you mm-hmm. I don't think particularly when Brighton were talking about 90 million for him and yeah. he's still only he's young isn't he is he, is he 19, 20, 21 no he's, he's 21 mm, 21 yeah. I'm still young though isn't he oh yeah he's young still yeah. very young yeah but what about Alexi McAllister I mean he's another really one really like him but yeah. again it's, it's, it's the money more attacking isn't he more of an attacking player though I wouldn't pay what it would cost if the, the, you're looking at like the finances what it would cost to sign them too well I'd rather just sign Bellingham Bellingham and yeah, absolutely a cheap option and so. the, the English factor is definitely on their minds they need Englishmen don't they yeah yeah, yeah. because it you know you're going to lose Ox who's won for the quota uh, Nat yeah. Phillips that's another yeah. one. So you've got to yeah. replace Milner. them. Do you think Milner will stay? Or? I don't know. It doesn't. I hope he does, but I, I, I don't 50, think 50, he's going 50, to. I don't know. They want him to I stay, it's obviously, to, but it's, it's down, down to him, him isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So Henderson will have Milner's role then, won't he? That's the way you'd look at it. That's um, the way it should, yeah. it should yeah. go, yeah. yeah. Right, should we I talk mean, about the West Ham game? Are we going to go yeah. unchanged or make changes? Personally, I think... We've been unchanged for three games, but 
today wasn't great and that's your excuse if you wanted to make changes difficult making changes after you've just won six one away so i get that today but i think maybe might freshen it up a little bit for for midweek mm. i'd like to see darwin come in personally for gapo um i don't think gapo was pretty invisible today wasn't he um truth be yeah, told he was, yeah. um so maybe just for him really no no um and I, I, I dare say West Ham will be that type of game for him as well. So, um, yeah, maybe Darwin for Gakpo will be one. Obviously, I don't think you can take Jota out at the moment. Um, Salah's obviously going to play. Uh, other than that, I mean, I don't know. I wonder if Diaz is going to get a start. I wonder if he might start Diaz. I think it's a bit soon. It, mm. if, if, he didn't get that long today, did he? And he only got 10 no. minutes the other night. So I feel like that's yeah. sports science. No, that's people saying he's only allowed so many minutes. I think they'll build that up. And it might be one where he comes on a half time in a game. You know, you can give him like the second half. or Builds his minutes yeah. up gradually. I don't kind think of he's going to yeah. start. What, but what about Curtis? Because he's got that four days on, one day off thing going on. So... I think he might bring Thiago in. Thiago yeah. might start. He was, he, was, he was poor when he came on today, I thought, as well. His passion yeah. just a yard off it in there and yeah. put it and out stretching, to play a couple of times. Again. Yeah. 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 What did you think of Curtis today? I thought he was okay. You know, it's like if I was marking him out of 10, it's like a 6 out of 10 performance. I don't think he was like bad or anything, but it wasn't a game where... You know, it's one of those. I mean, the senior players didn't like really do anything spectacular. So I don't know. Curtis is just finding his feet again, isn't he? So you've got to be like patient. I mean, he's still being a bit safe in that. Um, so yeah, I'm not gonna judge him on today. To be fair, I mean, I thought he was, he played well against Leeds the other night. Mm. Um, you know, so you're gonna get that, aren't you? Uh, I, you know, you know what though, John? Like you know, you said about safe, and that's something we've always said. It's frustrating. I don't think today, I, I wouldn't even... I just think he did all he could because I don't think we ever got him the ball in areas where he could be anything other than safe. You know, yeah. Yeah. I want to see him just like picking the ball up in the box where he's maybe isolating a player and he can just make a yard for himself and get a cross or a shot in. He was so deep a lot of the time and he was making runs and the ball wouldn't come to him. So I think they were just like dummy runs, part of like a set play that we were trying to do. I don't think we ever got him the ball in an area where he could try to make something happen. So all he was doing was just playing like the you know the sensible pass and all that. Yeah. Um, I don't think like the, the the way that the the team was set up and the way we played allowed him to do anything other than that today. Um, Agreed, and also to be fair as well, I, I I think I probably agree with John in terms of the six out of ten. But then I don't know who else was. I don't think anyone else was better than that either. I give Trent higher yeah, may, than that. Maybe, may, well, yeah, and maybe Jota, Trent. Yeah. Maybe Trent. Oh, Jota, I suppose, got to be for the goals. Yeah. But Trent, Trent, Trent is the only one that really sprang to my mind in terms of he'd had a, he'd had a really good game. I mean, Jota, yeah, if you're getting, you know, you're getting a brace, that's that's superb. But but certainly, cases are on a par with pretty much everybody else. Mm. Um, I, I certainly don't, you know, he just, I don't know. It was just, it was a game where, as you said, there weren't a lot of opportunities. It was a, a lot of it was down to how. Forest set up. Yeah. You know, it's d difficult to break down. And um, we, were and we weren't moving all the ball day. with any zip. Never got behind. Yeah. yeah, we just need to move the ball faster as collectively as a team. Mm. So, whether he starts or not on Wednesday, for me, it's purely about like the the fitness aspect. Is it his day off? Is that a day when he's, he's not due to play? If that's the case, then obviously he doesn't play. If he's fit to play, I'd keep him in. 
and I'd rest Hendo for that game. I don't like Hendo playing twice a week anyway, so that's a game where I'd probably I'd leave Hendo out and then you maybe bring Thiago in for that. Uh, I wouldn't make too yeah, many changes, but I totally agree with John about uh, a start for Darwin. I think you're playing twice a week, you've got to rotate it a little bit and it, I think it's a good game for him to come into. And yeah, maybe one change in midfield and keep the back four as it is. I remember Darwin Plus. against West Ham earlier in the season and he was fucking phenomenal. I thought it was probably, if I'm thinking, probably his best game. And I think he got subbed as well. Probably. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> no, but he, he, it was a, like a... Yeah, I think, do you remember that the volley hit Dave and it hit the bar or the keeper? Oh, he hit the post of the left foot of volley, didn't he? Yeah, was that against he, West Ham? He was, yeah, it was against West Ham, I think. I think it was that game. It was a night game, I remember. Um, but, did he score yeah, a header in that game? Was that, was that the game when... What was the game he scored a header from Robbo's corner? Oh, God, no. Got Might me. have been in the Champions League game. I don't know. Yeah, remember just remember him chance. having a really good game against West Ham when he got yeah, subbed. And, um, at the time, I remember saying to you... You probably remember injured? it because I was up booing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck off, Klopp! You fucking yeah. subbing him again! <laughs> That's why it stands out, John. <laughs> yeah, no, but that, that game, I know it's the same opposition, but he was really good that night. It was like complete centre-forward performance, you know, just absolutely outstanding on the night, I remember. So, yeah, I'd definitely play him on uh, Wednesday night, absolutely. I just, yeah, I agree with that. I just wish we had uh, an alternative to Fabinho, really. Um, I, I'm also not sure what to expect from West Ham at all. I've hardly seen any of them this season. I've seen the results have been poor, yeah. but I, haven't re- I don't think I've seen much of them playing at all. Um, what, you, what do we expect from them? Well, on, John, what what we like? Arsenal last week and like as Arsenal as you'd expect normally apart from the other night when they were two down, but it was like Arsenal are electric, they start games like hundred miles an hour. You know, invariably going front in most of them. Um they were two up against West Ham. There was nothing West Ham weren't doing anything, but they got a penalty. Like West Ham could have won the game in the end. You know, they had uh, you know, Arsenal on the ropes a little bit, so it's going to be a tough game, you know, that's in a uh, conference, Europa Conference semi-final, so they might have a bit of confidence from that. And they're probably looking at it from the fact that they still probably need maybe one more win like, to guarantee survival. I mean, so you're looking... It's, it'll be a tough game, to be honest. And there's a side that we could struggle against, I think, if, uh, you know, if we played like we do today, I don't think we'll win. That's that's what I'll I see. mean, they've traditionally been good on set pieces as well under Moy, haven't they? Yeah, well, remember last season he pinned Allison down on a corner, didn't yeah. he? I remember, yeah. um, was it Antonio pinned Allison on a corner and yeah. someone tapped it in the back post or something like that, if I remember rightly, and that they caused like, mayhem on, on set pieces that day, but this season I don't think they've scored anywhere near this, the same amount, um, put the mockers on that now, haven't they? He's probably mm. scored three on there Wednesday night, but yeah, and I, I think like if we go in with no tempo the way we did today and it's games just like meandering along I just think they'll gain confidence and I think yeah. it'll be a t- tough game to be they're, honest they're nowhere it. near as bad as the results have no. been and a lot of the games where you know they've drawn or they've got beat it's very rare that they get battered you know they, it's fine margins with them and I think a lot of it's just because of the amount of games they had last year and then again this year you know they've gone so far in, in Europe in both seasons mm. I think it's and they've not got like a massive squad 
And I think it's maybe just caught up with them a little bit, just the sheer volume of games. But Newcastle did batter them. I remember watching them against Newcastle a few weeks back. And yeah, it's, it's rare though. Like most yeah, of the it time, is, yeah. it's like you yeah. see Moyes doing his interview, talking about how unlucky they were, and they're almost mm. they're almost there. It's they'll turn it round. It's you know they deserve more from the game. Um, yeah, I think it's a tough game. I don't think they're a bad side at all, even though they're struggling. And in the Antonio's table. just he, he'll cause us problems. You'd yeah. expect. Well, um, and Antonio will do all the things that like that big yard dog. I was did just today, thinking except that. Yeah, Antonio better. can actually play as well. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a good player as well. <laughs> yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a good player. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then Jared Bowen seems to have woken up from a slumber as well recently. Mm. He's not really done much this season, but he seems to be playing better now. So, yeah, it'll be a tough game, but every away game's tough for us. Um, I know Leeds wasn't, but Leeds was a a tough game until we scored a a goal that probably shouldn't have counted, and then it it got easier. So, again, first goal, it just comes down to the first goal. I think if we scored first goal, we'll relax, we'll play a little bit, but if we go behind, I think it's going to be a slog for us. Mm. Um, I'll go with us winning. But I don't feel great about it, and I'm, I'm not like hugely confident. But I think maybe we'll just sneak it like two one or something. Yeah, I think I'd say the same. I'd like to see a clean sheet. Like yeah, so would I. Sheet. But I'm not expecting one. No. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna be a pessimist. I think we'll lose. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you will lose. Is yeah, this one that you've got, John, you've got penciled in, John, when you're looking at like all the results at the bottom and you're working out <laughs> who's getting points where? Have you got this one down as a banker for West Ham to, to keep them safe? Well, I think they'll be safe anyway, but yeah. even apart from that, I just think, yeah, it's the gut feeling that, I, you know, even the Leeds game, I know we scored six, but they were absolutely laughably bad defensively. Um, you know, it was a struggle to the, today against Forrest. Um, Forrest were like spirited, but nothing else kind of thing. Um but, uh, you know, as you say, if we score first, we probably will win, but it's, it's well, the first We are due a defeat, key. aren't we? we? We haven't lost for a few weeks, so we are due one the way the season's gone. Yeah. Like, we're losing, like, every third game or something, aren't we? So, wouldn't be a shock by any means if we did get beat, but... But, well, I mean, if you look at the table, it's actually not looking that bad at the moment. You know, you're looking and thinking, we've got... Our fixtures between now and the end of the season, I mean... Potentially, the are games you look at. I think we could win all of those. Probably the, tough, the toughest games, Brighton, probably. Um, yeah, Brighton. they're all winnable. Have we played? Have we got to play yeah. Brighton again? Or no, no, we no, we've played, played them Brighton. twice, haven't we? Yeah. Brentford's um, got to play Brentford. That might be a tough one at Anfield. It's at Anfield, though, so you'd expect us to win that. I'd expect us to beat Tottenham. So the home yeah. games you've got, you'd expect to win them, and then the away games, anything can happen away from home with us, though, the way we have been. But you know. It wouldn't be like that outrageous to think we could win all of those games. We've got to play better than and we five did today. of them are at home. Yeah, but five we've, we've got to play much better than we did today. But we, potentially we could win all of those games. And then you're looking at the table and say, well, you know, like we should finish above Spurs. I still think we'll finish above Villa. I'm not I'm not buying what they're selling at all. Um, I wasn't until I seen them against Newcastle last week. Yeah, they were great in that game. Oh, they were fantastic. No, they were. Yeah, I know. He's I know. got Ollie Watkins scoring, hasn't he? Yeah. And he's a, he's a good player, and they got a good draw today after being behind. So you know they have to play whole Villa if you like. Probably would have just capitulated, gone one down against Brentford. But I think they scored late on, like the 88th minute or something. Yeah, but so, uh, if we don't finish above them, that we should be ashamed of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brighton's a bit of a wild card. Anyway They've got games in hand, and you know they, if they go through in the cup, that might be a bit of a distraction for them in the league. You know, so maybe. 
you look at Brighton and think you might be able to edge above them and then you're just relying on one of the the uh, United and Newcastle, you're relying on one of them to totally implode and then maybe you could catch them. I'm, I'm not expecting that at all. I think we'd probably finish fifth, possibly so if, sixth, uh, depending on Brighton. If Spurs did beat Newcastle tomorrow, you think, OK, um, you know, that that's like... It drags us back into it. Obviously, keep Spurs close to Newcastle as well. I think United have got like a game or two in hand. Have they? I'm not sure, but um, but yeah, I think that I think we'd need Spurs to beat Newcastle tomorrow and then beat Spurs, uh, West Ham and Spurs next, you know, next week, um, which have got no faith in us winning both of those games. Sadly, but um, it's all lifts and butts, isn't it? But yeah, I think like if Spurs can drag a result out tomorrow, but do you honestly think Spurs are going? To Newcastle and winning, as I certainly don't. No. Because yeah, Newcastle got no. what nine points back ahead if they do that with what seven games left or whatever. I don't know what type of fixtures Newcastle have got after um tomorrow, but I think they've got Arsenal still to play, haven't they? They're but not Arsenal could be the because they're no. solid. Like yeah, they're like they've only lost four games all season. Yeah. I can't see them losing four in seven games or whatever it is. But they might lose I can see them too. dropping points though. What about United though? They, I think they're going to lose more points than Newcastle will. Yeah, maybe. I mean, certainly um, they've got injury problems as well. Yeah, they've got loads of injuries. It's, they have had a lot of games, seasons. And like, where does Maguire just hope? <laughs> <laughs> when he's in there, just bad things happen. And yeah. it's not always his fault, but he's just a fucking absolute disaster, isn't he? <laughs> he's a yeah. bum. He's an he's absolute bum. Like the own goal he scored the other week. There's like nothing he can do about that. It's really unlucky, but it's just it's so just comical. It's just his head so big and like <laughs> fat. The gravitational like, pull of like yeah. a small moon. That's what it is. <laughs> the ball was just attracted to it and then bounced yeah. off it and it goes in. But if he'd have had like a normal sized head, it wouldn't have generated the power <laughs> no, to go past the head. I know. <laughs> You know, if he's just, had a uh, normal size head, that wouldn't have happened. Uh, exactly that, because the severe player edited it one way, and it just cannons off Maguire's head and like went so totally it's, it's the other way. But then, <laughs> <laughs> feel sorry for her pushing that out of her bloody. <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> I think I think we need to leave it there now. We probably need to wrap it up. We've managed to turn, yeah. managed to turn a pod on a crap game it's uh, nearly two hours here. God. Yeah, let's let's call it a night. Okay, so um yeah we'll be Harry back. Maguire's head, that's a good way to go out. <laughs> uh, yeah, it wasn't Harry Maguire's head, that was the problem there. It was it was the rest of what John was saying. Okay, yeah, that's it. We're calling it a night and yeah, we'll be back after the West Ham game. Um Chris will be back hosting that one. So thanks for listening and we'll catch you soon. The best word I can say, but uh, we'll describe this, was boom. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, what was this? It was really good.